we started a series last week called Cars. Our goal in this series is to get you to the place to where you operate the optimal level of performance that God's got for you in your life. We're going to use several illustrations throughout this series to show you how to get to a higher place in your faith, to get to a better place where you can be all that God's called you to be. And as we know, last week our pastor taught on a series called Maker Model, where I pray that you've been seeking this week, if you haven't already, to find out what your make and model is in the body of Christ. Find out who God's called you to be, who he's made you to be, so that you can function in the office that God's called you to function in. So if you haven't yet, keep praying. God will show you who you are. But I pray that you have found that place. Um, if you would stand with me as we, as we read the word of God. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse 12, it says, For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we have behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so towards you. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about Something that's very familiar with all of us if you have a car, which most of us do, and that's, that's gauges. You know, how many of y'all remember sitting behind the wheel and you look down and there's all these little needles telling you different things about your engine? Well, this morning we're going to talk about the gauge that God has given us in our life to keep ourselves running and to keep ourselves in a place to where we have a healthy spiritual walk. I did the best I could to come up with a good definition of a gauge. It's kind of wordy, though, so I'm just going to read it so I don't mess it up. Gauges are devices set in place by the manufacturer of the vehicle that allow the operator to monitor the vital conditions inside of the engine of your vehicle so you can prevent malfunctions. Every motor is set up to run within a specific range of temperatures and pressures and all these kind of things that most of us are like, whatever, as long as my car starts, I don't care. But see, the thing about it is how many times do we go down the road and we go maybe several hundred miles we never look down and see what some of those gauges say? A lot of times that can lead to breakdowns and that kind of thing. If we don't learn how to read what our car is telling, a lot of times we end up in a bad place. If all of a sudden your oil pressure drops out of sight and you keep driving, bad things are about to happen. Same thing in your spiritual walk. God's given us this motor, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, called faith. And if we don't have a way to gauge that and keep that faith in a place to where it's healthy and where we're keeping a constant eye on it, you know, we can, like the Bible says, shipwreck our faith. We can get in a place where we're in a mess with our faith. And so this morning, we're going to refer to a few things for this series. For this series, let's look at ourselves like this. Like our pastor taught last week, you're the car. God's given you a make and a model. And of course, if your make is a Christian, you know, it's like, Chevrolet is a make, and it's got several different styles under that. But, you know, we're all Christians. Your model is who God's made you to be. Now, the faith is your engine. You know, we would all like to say our faith looks just like this guy right here. Oh, oh, oh. That's just, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's what I think when I look at this motor. It's like, it's just one big chunk of muscle. We would all like to say that our faith looks just like this. And it can. You know, you can, you can have very big, very strong faith. But the thing about it is, unless we find a way to gauge that faith and keep an eye on it and keep it in check and make sure everything's right in it, a lot of times our faith can get weak and our faith can get to a place we're not experiencing God and experiencing life the way we should. A couple other things you need to know. The Word of God is your operator's manual. Pretty plain and simple. But then God gives us a gauge to monitor our faith and make sure that our faith is in the right place. And that gauges your conscience. We always think of conscience. We always think, well, you've got a little angel over here and a little, little guy in a red suit over here and they're talking back and forth. That's really not what your conscience is. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. When you talk about a conscience, you know, a conscience is a good thing. That conscience is your gauge. But see, what we've got to realize is that unless we use that conscience in the right way to keep an eye on our faith, then we're going to be in a bad place. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. The thing you've got to realize is, though, it's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Your conscience is, when your spirit talks to you and you feel things saying, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't say that. You know how many guys wish they had to listen to their conscience sometimes when talking to their spouse? If we begin to keep an eye on our conscience and keep it in a place to where our conscience is constantly monitoring our faith and keep an eye on it, then we'll know if some pressures drop out of sight. Or we'll know if the temperature gets too high. Or we'll, or we'll know if our battery is getting kind of weak if we keep an eye on those gauges. We've got to realize the reason a lot of us don't have a whole lot of peace in our lives is because the voice of our spirit isn't always agreeing with the voice of the Holy Spirit. You always say when you tell somebody, follow peace and God will get you there. We'll just follow peace when you're looking for an answer in this. And that's very true. But the thing is, for peace to be reigning in your life, you've got to have the voice of your spirit lining up with the voice of the Holy Spirit. If your spirit's disagreeing with the Holy Spirit, 
you're never going to have peace. For us to make it down the road for the long haul and to keep our, our faith muscle here, our engine, our power plant in our life, to keep that healthy, we've got to line up our conscience with the Word of God. Every gauge has to go through a process that's called calibration. What that means is when you calibrate something, that means you're setting it up to measure properly. You know, so if your conscience is going to be a proper gauge for your engine, for your motor, for your faith, then you've got to have it lined up with, first of all, the operator's manual. Because it's going to tell you some things. It's going to say, well, your battery needs a lot to sit right about here. And your gas gauge ought to be up here. But, you know, sometimes we run down to the, to the light is on. The thing about it is when we get our conscience calibrated with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God, then it's a proper gauge for us to recognize that, okay, wait a minute, I'm, I'm feeling a little low in my, in my worship here. Maybe I need to go spend some time worshiping God. Or wait a minute, I think maybe deep down I really feel like I need to just spend some time in the Word. Well, that's not just a coincidence. That's your spirit talking to the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, something's not right here. And so you begin to calibrate your conscience with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and it becomes a, an accurate gauge for you to, to run your faith by. We talk about faith. We've got to realize that God gave us everything he's ever going to give us 2,000 years ago. Pray, well, God healed so-and-so. God, no, God didn't say for God to heal so-and-so. God healed so-and-so 2,000 years ago. It's our job to build our faith up to the place where we can lay our hands on that person and go, be healed in Jesus' name. It's not a place where we say, God, give me some of this. God, I need this. No, God has given us everything we need. The Bible says that pertaining to life and godliness. Our faith is what reaches out and obtains what we need from God. The thing is, if we've got weak faith and our faith is broken down because we haven't been properly monitoring it with a good conscience that's lined up with the Word of God, then our faith does begin to fall apart. We do what the Bible says and talks about sometimes, and we shipwreck our faith. As we're getting to the place where we're trying to monitor some of these things, we've got to realize that at some point in our life, we've all experienced engine failure. We've all gone through those places and those times where we're believing for something or we're needing a healing or we're just trying to keep out of sin. Our faith isn't there. Or the, we've not been in the Word enough. We haven't prayed enough. And we fall into temptation or something happens and we have engine failure. Our faith just wasn't strong enough to get us through whatever situation we were in. That's okay. The problem is we, what we've got to realize is we can't sit there and continue to ignore some of these gauges and expect God to keep our faith built up. It's our job to keep our faith built up. If you read in 1 Timothy in chapter 1 and verse 19, I love the way the Amplified says it. It says, by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. So if you go down the road all the time and you ignore all these gauges and you, and you see your temperature light climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing a little bit and you, you just keep on driving, bad things are going to happen. It's the same thing in our faith walk. You're going through life and, you know what, I can do, it won't hurt to just one time. Or always starts really easy, you know, like with what, maybe what you watch on TV and it's not so bad because, well, you know what, I'm an adult. I can handle these kind of shows. But then that opens a little door and the next time you're in front of the computer, oh, well, why is it so hard to not look at certain things? Well, because you've opened a door to certain things by simply tolerating some sin. The Bible also says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that we can sear our conscience. And when you sear something, if, if, if any of you have ever had a, a serious burn, there's not a lot of feeling wherever that burn took place. Why? Because you've been seared. You've lost sensitivity in that area. Now see, we can do that with our conscience. We can sear our conscience and we can get our conscience to a place to where they're not calibrated anymore and they're, and they're an improper gauge. And so our faith becomes very, very weak and our faith becomes broken down because we haven't kept an eye on it with our conscience. Or if we have been, our conscience has been seared and our conscience is not an accurate indicator of what's going on with our faith. So we sit there and we say, well, I can get, that's, it'll be fine. I can get away with that. I'm just going to throw this out there. One, one of the biggest ways that affairs happen is that it's okay to flirt a little bit, you know, maybe with a coworker. You know, I encourage all of y'all that work in an office situation or a situation with, with members of the opposite sex, be very careful how you joke around and how you handle things. You know, it may just seem like a joke at first, but, you know, people don't just accidentally fall into an affair. You know, these things kind of happen overnight. But see, what happens is, okay, you flirt around a little bit. Well, that's no big deal. We're just playing around. Or this, that, and that. And you get a little deeper into it. And before you know it, you're coming to work after a fight with your spouse. And, oh, they're there to kind of cut up with you. And before you know it, you're in the middle of something that if you had never opened that door in the first place, it would never happen. And, and you're saying, well, that's just kind of where in legalistic. Well, it is what it is. If we never open that door in the first place or never crack that door, it's not going to open. Be very, very careful in a situation like that. That's just how we do with our engine. You know, when you first bought a new car, 
every weekend you're out there wiping the dust off. It's always nice and clean. At 2,999 miles, you're at the service station getting that thing lubed up again, getting everything worked on again. There's no food in my car. Everything's perfect. Everything's spotless. Now, that same vehicle two years down the road, it's all dusty. Tires are all bald. You know, the, the oil's leaking out of it. I mean, you haven't had it serviced in 6,000 miles instead of 3,000 miles. Yo, you go look down on the carpet and there's barbecue sauce and stuff. Now, I mean, what happened to no food in my car? What happened to I'm getting this thing waxed and polished every weekend? What happened to I'm getting my oil changed pretty regularly? No, what happens is, you know, you think, well, I ain't got time this weekend. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wax the car or wash it. I ain't got time today. I'm not gonna go through and I'm not gonna pull all the trash out of the car when I get out of it. The thing we've got to realize is the same thing happens with our faith and with our walk with Christ. We begin to let certain things slide a little bit. We get lax in our reading. We get lax in our worship. We get lax in our prayer life. And then before you know it, we've gone several weeks or years even without having a serious conversation or sit down with God. We don't start off that way, but because we let certain things slide, our conscience begins to get a little less sensitive to the things that God wants to speak to us. Sometimes we end up in the ditch somewhere, we end up broken down on the side of the road, and the first thing we want to do goes, why God, why? And it wasn't God. We just stopped lining up our conscience with the Holy Spirit so that we weren't hearing what God was telling us. Now, if we'd have kept in tune, then when we're going on the road, first little indicator that shows that something's going wrong, we're going to pull over, we're going to get some maintenance or something done, we're going to get some things fixed, and maybe just in a simple fix, we all know that it's a lot easier to do a simple fix than to have that thing in there get an engine rebuilt later, which is very costly. And so failure to keep an eye on, on your gauges can end up with costly repairs. You can end up with some restoration problems. You, you can end up in the junkyard, all because we didn't keep an eye on certain things. You know, when, when you're going down the road, I've got a bad habit about this. I look down at the gauges almost as much as I look at the road. Very cautious about, you know, I don't want to see the temperature go up real high and me miss it crack the block or something like that. So I don't want to see the oil pressure drop out of sight and then lock things up. If we're that way in our prayer life, in our spiritual walk, and you wake up in the morning and go, okay, I'm listening. Okay, I'm hearing. Okay, and, then, and also, something's not right. Why, am, why is things a little difficult right now? Then you can turn and ask, you know, and your conscience will be in tune with the Holy Spirit, and, and you'll know just that quick. The thing about it is we, we get to a place we can't distinguish between our voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit. The thing about it is they should sound the same. When your conscience lined up with the Word of God and your conscience has been ministered to by the Holy Spirit, it's going to sound just like you talking. And it should. You should be close enough to God and you should have a relationship with God to where when your conscience says something, was that you, God? Well, does it line up with the Word? Does it bring you peace? Well, yeah, then it was probably God. But it sounded like me. Well, good, you're supposed to sound like God. We're supposed to be like God in the world. And so many people often, they always say, well, how do I know if it's God talking? Well, does it bring you peace? Yes. Does it line up with the Word of God? Yes. Did it sound like something God would say? Is it, you're not going to kill somebody, are you? Then it's probably God. The thing we've got to get to the place where our conscience are so in tune with the Holy Spirit and are so calibrated with the Word of God that whenever something speaks, we know it's of benefit. We know it's being ministered to by God. We've just got to get to that place where we're not afraid to do some maintenance. We're not afraid to go get things fixed a little bit. And if your conscience has, you know, say, well, I don't remember the last time I really heard something from my conscience. Well, we'll pray for you later. But the thing about it is you can always hear if you'll stop to listen. All it takes going on the road is a quick glance at your gauges to see what's going on. Same thing with your conscience. You don't think it's reading, right? Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in worship. Become sensitive again to what God wants to say. We've got to be very careful in some of these instances where, where we don't look at things for very long. The Bible says, my righteous ones will live by faith. And if they shrink back, I'm not going to be pleased with them. It also says we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith being our engine, if we allow it to break down, then we're going to be stuck in a place that we're not pleasing to God. And I'm not trying to say, oh my goodness, I'm not pleased. No, God loves you. Don't, don't forget that. But there's a difference between loving someone and being pleased by someone. You know, and God's never going to quit loving you. God has never stopped loving you. But at the same time, God desires for you to get this thing tuned up. God desires for you to get your faith back on track so that you can walk by it and go places and be ready for the long haul. Now, how many of us go through our lives, you know, if we were to go outside right now, would we be willing to jump in our car and say, I can hit the road and go across the country? We say, wait, before I drove my car across the country, I better get some work done on it. 
Well, how many can you say that about your faith? We, we sit there and we say, God, why have you not told me this? God, why can't I go here? God, why can't I go there? Well, God's saying, your faith isn't going to take you there yet. Your faith isn't strong enough yet. You haven't been listening to me enough. You haven't been watching these gauges. If you're not worshiping me now, when I get you out somewhere big in the faith world here where I got a big calling upon your life and I'm doing some things for you, if you can't worship me now, then when you get busy with stuff, you're really not going to worship me then. And God values the calling upon your life and God values some of these things way too much for you to shipwreck them because your faith isn't ready to carry them yet. You can take this engine right here and you, you can put it in a car and you can sit in there and you can just take off and go. Now, I wouldn't, you're not going to get real good gas mileage, but you can get somewhere pretty fast with this engine. And that's all God wants. God wants you to have yourself tuned up, all shined up, ready to go so that when he gives you something, you're ready to take off with it. And with so many times, maybe God will show us a little something we're going oh my goodness, there's no way that can't be God, or I could never handle all that. That's not what God wants. God wants you to be the place when he says, go, you jump and you go and you take off down the road. And see, if we keep ourselves tuned up, we keep ourselves serviced up and, and we're ready to go, we spend some time at the mechanic if we need to. We spend some time keeping our oil changed. We spend some time, and we know that with our gas gauge is full. You know, speaking of that, I got firsthand experience about bad gauges. My pickup has a factory recall on it where the fuel gauge just drops, and all of a sudden you don't know how much gas you've got in there. I've ran out of gas several times, because the gauge sticks. I had it fixed one time, but because it went down, and say you have a quarter tank of gas, but you didn't, so I would die alongside the road. But the thing about it is now, it stops the quarter of a tank and then it just drops to the bottom. So you don't know where you're at. I speak from firsthand experience here where if you keep the thing full, you don't have to worry about it. Same thing in your spiritual walk. It just, just keep everything full. Keep all the fluids topped off. Get everything built up to where when you know at a moment's notice when God tells you to do something, there's no hesitation. I can jump in and go. The thing about it is we, we sit there and we allow our conscience to get to the place to where they're really no good to us. And why? Because one of my favorite, one of my favorite expressions is sin tolerated is faith contaminated. You know, the more stuff you let slide, the more stuff you think, oh, I can get away with that. You know, I'll be okay. I love using the example of the Grand Canyon. If this was the edge of the Grand Canyon right here, I wouldn't be sitting here just kind of playing, hey, this is kind of fun. Look, look. No, I'd be like back here going, you see how deep that is? You see how deep that is? But no, but instead we, we want to walk up here and we want to, oh yeah, oh yeah, look, look, I hang my foot over the edge. Look, look, look. Oh, we would never do that on the edge of a cliff. The thing about it is we do that with sin all the time. I can stand here right on the line and I can reach across and I can mess with some stuff a little bit, but I'll be okay. I love Jesus. He loves me. You know, it's going to work. We think that our Christian walk is going to be successful that way when God says to avoid the very appearance of evil. So if you're close enough to smell it, back up a little bit. It's just that simple. So it's the same thing with our engine. If you'll get your engine serviced when you're supposed to and not go 9, 10, 11,000 miles and then you wonder why your car only lasted two years, things will have a whole lot easier for you. Like I said, we're not going to please God with our faith if we allow it to be shipwrecked because we haven't maintained it properly. What's the purpose of an engine? What's the purpose of faith? My formula is faith equals output. Paul said, I will show you my faith by what I do. And that's just what this is. The purpose of this engine is output. doesn't matter what you put in. The purpose of this engine is to, to crank out some horsepower so you can get one end of the track to the other. Same thing with your faith. The purpose of your faith is to get you to where God wants you to be and to obtain some things so that you can do great things for the kingdom of God. The purpose of your faith is output. You can say, I've got all the faith in the world, but if you're not doing anything with it, then something's seriously wrong. You know, I can't, you know this engine looks really good up here, but it's not going to do anybody any good until you put it inside of something that, that can propel down the road. Now, I've seen the car that goes, that, yeah, so it'll go down the road. But the thing we've got to continue to remind ourselves is, am I properly gauging this engine that God's given me so I don't let it break down? And so many people say, well, how do I get to that point to where I know it's fixed and I know it's running? Just start by getting back in a place where you know God intimately. You know, so many times we're always seeking God for the, the way out far, the way out this door. When, when am I going to do this? No, our purpose is in life is to know God. Plain and simple. You can't tell somebody else about God unless you know God yourself. You can't tell somebody else how great God is unless you've experienced some of God's greatness for yourself. So many of us have never gotten our faith to the point where we go out and do something for God. We don't have anything to say about how good God is. You know, our faith is broken down, and, and the only thing that we can do is sit there and sit on it. You know, that's a very nice motor, but all it becomes is a trout line weight. 
if it's not working. You know, it'll anchor something down. That's about it. It's just a big, heavy chunk of metal, a very expensive, heavy chunk of metal, but it's a broken down, heavy chunk of metal and, and, and does nobody any good without keeping that thing primed up and running and keeping that thing tuned up and, and on the road and going where it's supposed to go. Now, I can tell you something else. Something else that's just as bad for a motor as not taking care of it is not using it. You know, you set this thing up in a shop for three or four years and don't ever use it, it's going to take a lot more to get it going than if you use it every week. A lot of people that have more than a couple, three vehicles, you've got to run them every so often. You've got to kind of switch them out so that they run pretty regular because lack of use is just as detrimental to them as misuse of them because they've got to stay fresh. They've got to stay moving. And it's the same thing with your faith. You know, a lot of our faith, there's nothing really wrong with it. We just haven't ever used it before. Put your foot on the gas and see where you can go. And that's all that God's looking for. He wants to see you step out and do something amazing with your faith. But because we don't monitor it properly, a lot of times we fall off in the ditch. I look at it like this. If we're going to achieve everything that thing wants to achieve, then we've got to make sure that our gauges are lined up with the operator's manual, like I said before, and that's the Word of God. Now, here's what happens a lot of times. You're driving down the road, and you pull up to a stoplight, and you're sitting there waiting for the light to change, and all of a sudden you see smoke pouring out of your, out from under your hood, and there's black smoke coming out of your tailpipe, and you're kind of clattering a little bit. You go, man, something's wrong. So you look over at the guy next to you, and you go, and so they really went down the kitchen kind of funny, and you go, hey, what's your temperature light say? I'm good. Good. I thought something was wrong for a second. That's what we do with our faith walk. We'll sit there and we'll say, well, it's working for so-and-so. Well, you're not so-and-so. And And someday when you're standing before God, God's not going to take the excuse that it worked for so-and-so. God's going to say, what did I tell you? Why was your conscience not lined up with my spirit? Why were you not listening to me? So many times we say, well, well, they tried it, so why why didn't it work for me? Well, God told them to do that, not you. In all likelihood, they're probably not that far from breaking down either. I'm not trying to talk bad about people, but the thing about it is don't use somebody else's gauges to monitor your engine. You know, if it works for their conscience, that's between them and God. If it doesn't work for yours, then that's between you and God. And do what God's called you to do. Let's get to a place to where we're not afraid to just follow what God, what, exactly what God is telling us to do. The key to all of this, following your conscience, is, is routine maintenance. And you always see that in the, in the operator's manual. It says every so many thousand miles, go and have your car service. Every so often, you need to change this fluid. Every so often, you need to check your transmission. Every so often, you know, if we'll do that, we keep ourselves checked up on, then we're not going to have to worry about breaking down alongside the road. The problem is some of us have never even taken the time to look under the hood to see what we really have. And some of us don't even know what our faith could obtain. You may have something great sitting right there. You know, when we bought a car in the past, I said, we got a huge V6 under here. And somebody else looked at it and goes, no, that's a four-cylinder. I'm like, but I mean, just because I didn't take a close look, I just looked at it and it was a, it was a fancier motor than I'd ever seen. So I thought, that's pretty nice. That must be a V6. No, it's a four-cylinder. But th- the thing about it is, we do that with our faith. We think we're all this or we're not all that. And we never really taken and, and looked under the hood to see what we really got. You know, God wants to use you. God wants to minister through you. God wants to get you on the track going somewhere. And not necessarily slow. He wants to get you there quick. The problem is, until we start keeping an eye on this thing and keeping it tuned up and keeping it in a place where we're ready to step on the gas and go, God can't use us. You know, we like to think that we could come along and we see somebody broken down and pull them out of the ditch, but we can't even get out of first gear because we're sitting there sputtering ourselves. Well, we think we're all that. And we think, well, you know, so you go to pull them out of the ditch and you break down so you're both stuck. Let's get to the place where we know if somebody needs our help. If you were to put this motor in, in something four-wheel drive, you could pull a lot of stuff out with it. Several trees, probably. The thing about it is, unless you put it in something and get it working for something, like God said, he's given you the measure of faith. He didn't give anybody else any more faith than you. He says, we've all got the measure of faith. So we've all got the equipment it takes. If some of us, our faith works better because we use it more. Or some of us, our faith works worse because we don't use it at all. The more you use it, the more familiar you get with it. I couldn't tell you what all that engine is capable of, like Mikey Cleveland could or Hester could. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell you what this motor is capable of, but somebody that's used it a lot sure could. You don't know what my faith is capable of, and I don't know what your faith is capable of. All it takes is beginning to use it and work a little bit more and get familiar with it so you know the, the specifications that your motor can handle. The only reason why different faiths do different things, different engines do different things, is because they're built differently. Now, going back to kind of what Pastor Joel talked about last week, your model is this, your model is that. Same faith, different purpose. God has given you a measure of faith to do a certain calling upon your life. 
same thing here. The reason your engine may not be working as well is because you're trying to do somebody else's calling. You know, he, he used the example last week of, of Lamborghinis and 18-wheelers. You wouldn't put the gauges from a Lamborghini in an 18-wheeler. Why? Because the Lamborghini runs a whole lot hotter than an 18-wheeler does. That 18-wheeler break down in a hurry. Or, or vice versa, you wouldn't put all these 18-wheeler gauges in a Lamborghini because it never get warm enough to do any good. Let's get to the place to where, you know what, if our faith is broken down, there's good news. He not only is he your manufacturer, he's the great mechanic. I mean, you can be locked up, you can be seized up, you can be rusted up, but you know what? You take it to the mechanic, he can fix you. He'll get you back on the road. What he's going to tell you is, okay, you're fixed. Now pay attention to the gauges. You know, he's going to say, same thing with any mechanic you go to. say, well, see, if you'd have done this, and you hate to hear that when you walk in. Well, if you just looked at this, this would never happen. It's like, okay, I know, I know. Same thing with God. Now, when you ask God to fix you, he's probably not going to say, oh, good job, let's go get him, boys. And he's going to say, okay, first thing we got to do is you got to stop watching so much of this. Or you've got to stop focusing so much on this. Or you've got to get out hanging out with some of these people. He's going to begin to speak to your conscience a little bit and tell you the things that it's going to take to keep you from getting in the shop again. Where we've got to go with that is obedience. If your faith is not strong enough to keep you out of sin, then it's not strong enough to help you heal somebody. And it's not strong enough to help you to that place in your calling. But see, the problem of it is our faith, it's so weak sometimes that we can't even get to keep us out of temptation. But see, but then we expect to come to church and see God do great things through us. Well, he will. But first, let's build our faith up to the point to where it keeps us out of the stuff we shouldn't be in. If you don't have enough conviction by your faith, which is simply what you believe, if you don't have enough conviction through that to keep you out of the things that you shouldn't be doing, how do we ever expect God to put us on the road and make, make something useful out of us? God's trying to keep us out of the ditch. God's trying to get us up and running in the first place. And where that starts is obedience. So when you're in the place with your conscience to where, okay, I think I heard something. You know, like I'm dumb and dumber. Wait, yeah, I just had an, I just had an idea. Well, that's kind of where it starts. You know, if you, if you feel God telling you something, then, then obey it. Step out and do it. I promise he's not going to tell you right off the bat to go preach to 10,000 people in Cambodia. No, he's going to give you something that you can handle right now. But don't worry about that. You know, let, start listening to what he's telling you right now. And I promise your faith will get to the place where when he tells you something big, you can do it. You know, I'm going to talk to you just saying about the long haul. See, God's, God's not building you for a quarter mile run. God's getting you built up to the place to where you're ready to go on, on a cross-country trip. You know, God's not wanting you just to, to run for a second and stop. God's got the long haul set up for you. God's got something great set up for your life, and he doesn't want it to stop in the next five minutes. We're not ready to get on the road for the long haul until we have some, some fluid changes, until we maybe increase our prayer life a little bit, maybe worship a little bit more sometimes, you know, maybe turn off the TV sometimes and, and, and begin to read the Bible a little bit more, or maybe we, we um, start doing a little bit more focusing on, on who God's made us to be and not worry so much about what, what other people are doing. You know, there's so many things that keep our faith behind the starting line that instead of on the road running. I want to encourage you this morning that if you need to go to the shop, the shop's right here. God will fix you. God's not going to wait. God's not going to say, you know what, I'm kind of backed up right now, but I can get you in in a couple of weeks. God's ready to fix you. God's ready to begin to come in and move in your life. He'll begin to pull some things out, put some things in, replace some parts. you get you back on the road, he's going to tell you. When you leave, keep an eye on your gauges. Keep an eye on what I'm telling you. When you hear something, when you hear something, when you feel something's wrong, that's me telling you through your spirit that you need to maybe adjust some things. So as we get to that place in our life where God gets us back on the road, the way to stay on the road is watch that gauge.